Hello, everybody. Welcome to Beaker's Fantasy Live, the interactive live fantasy football show and podcast on Mixer.com. This is a live show. We uh, talk about football on Mixer.com slash Beaker's Comedy. That's my channel. That's B-E-A-K-E-R-S-C-O-M-E-D-Y.com. Mixer.com slash Beaker's Comedy. Okay, guys, we're going to get going. Week one, it happened. We got to watch some football. I am so excited. I mean, I was excited on Thursday. I did the countdown, you know, month by month, week by week, day by day. Like two months till NFL kickoff, one month till NFL kickoff. And it's kickoff time. And then I watched that Thursday night game and I thought, uh, okay, maybe, maybe two more days till NFL kickoff and it came and uh, lots happened so we are gonna get into it right away um first foremost let's talk about the news all the news that we got from the first week we'll start off with injuries because that's always the most important thing and we will start with the Kansas City Chiefs um this is a big one I know a lot of people drafted Tyreek Hill in the second possibly third round um He has a dislocated SC joint, and the expected timetable for recovery is six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks. So I'm very sorry for any Tyreek Hill fans. I'm pretty upset about this. I think, like, the Chiefs have the best team, best offense, and they just lost their best weapon on the outside. So, of course, Sammy Watkins came in. And did basically played like Tyreek Hill with those big monster games. Um, I don't think that can keep up, but man, what a performance by Sammy Watkins. What did he get? Like two, 198 receiving yards and three touchdowns? That is crazy. So, yeah, the other, um, this is an injury that other people have had before. Damian Amendola, Ben Roethlisberger have uh, had this injury in the past. And uh, as of right now, a week seven return would be optimistic for Tyreek Hill. Obviously, monitor that. Um, this all happening, I think Sammy Watkins is going to be the guy. But of course, he is going to get double covered. Um, and he also has a lot of injury concerns of his own. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't invest too much in him. If you have him now... He's probably worth as high as he's going to get. So if there's another player you want and you have Sammy Watkins, now is probably the best time you're going to trade him because people will give up almost anything for Sammy Watkins right now. Um, People offered to trade him for me in uh, the offseason and at the beginning of the season or before the season started, and I actually turned them down. Um, They were very cheap trades, but I thought Sammy Watkins was washed up. I thought he was going to get overpassed on the depth chart but uh, right now he's worth as much as you could possibly can and if uh if you're scouring waivers and you want a cheaper uh waiver option for fab or anything like that that most people might not be looking at and if he's there i would say go for mccall hardman okay because he is going to be the one that is going to have to step up to take over for tyreek hill um obviously watkins will be the guy but mccall hardman will have a game like this in the future, get him now, put him on your bench. I wouldn't start him, put on your bench, let him see what he does. But he could be the next Kansas City Chiefs 
wide receiver that actually can break that huge game of like two touchdowns, 100 yards, yada, yada, all that stuff. So McCoy Harmon would be my number one guy if you had Tyreek Hill and you don't have Sammy Watkins. Uh, the next uh, one is also the Kansas City Chief, Mahomes. He had a sprained ankle. Um, it doesn't look too seriously. He came back in the game almost immediately. Uh, it was wrapped up, so there's nothing to worry about there. Um, the only thing that sucks with that is he's going to be a little less mobile. He's not going to be running around as much. I mean, I'm sure he will, but he probably can't do it as fast as he can. So obviously, if you still have him, even if he's limited all week, if he's active, you are going to play Pat Mahomes. He is the best quarterback in the game. Uh, moving on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, this one was kind of heartbreaking because I don't know if anyone was like me. I was kind of looking forward to Jacksonville finally having a good offense. Um, I thought Foles looked good there. And, of course, he goes down right away. And it was while dropping a dime like 40 years, forty yards down the field for a touchdown too. That's the part that really sucks about it. Is He's a decent quarterback on a good team. And he finally, like, they finally got someone who can just make that throw. And, of course, he gets injured as he makes that throw. So he is expected to be out four to six weeks for a broken collarbone. It is on his non-throwing shoulder. Um, that helps a little bit, but it doesn't help in terms of getting re-injured. So it's four to six weeks, but you always have to watch for that. Like um, That is a hard one to recover from just from taking a hit that can break again. Um, Minshew Gardner Minshew came in. He played pretty good, um, but I wouldn't worry about him. They just signed Dobbs off of uh, Pittsburgh. So something to look forward to, but at the same time, I don't think anyone is going to be going for any of those two quarterbacks. There's way better streaming options. Uh, DD Westbrook takes a hit, unfortunately. Um, but on uh, the good news, Leonard Fournette made it out of the game without an injury because he is one of the guys I am looking at. Um, also pick up Raquel Armstead if you have Fournette. He is pretty much the only Jacksonville offensive weapon I like right now is Leonard Fournette. Another notable injury from Sunday was Baker Mayfield. Um, he had a sprained wrist. He is currently day-to-day. He was seen with uh, his right wrist taped after the loss to the Titans. Uh, initial x-rays were negative, so that's always good. But it's something to monitor while um, while the week goes on. So Mayfield does have an injured wrist, something to just watch out for. Next one is Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals. He has a sprained ankle and is currently day-to-day. Uh, Giovanni Bernard is his backup. Obviously, it's worth picking him up. But he has already come out, said that he is good. The ankle feels good. There is nothing broken. He's already said he's ready to go. So I don't think there's too much there to worry about for Mixon. Um, but if you can and you have Mixon, you're invested in him, it's worth having Gio Bernard as well. Uh, he's proven that he can play well when Mixon's out. He's had the torch to himself in the past. Gio Bernard. Um, this next one is a big one for me because I don't know if anyone saw my posts before this, but uh, I was actually saying to pick up Matt Breida over Tevin Coleman, um, mostly just because I think he's more skilled and he comes at a cheaper price. Um, 
Tevin Coleman did go down with a sprained ankle game one. So that Matt Breed is going to be the number one guy. So there you go. He's going to be out for about four to six weeks. Um, but Matt Breida isn't a true three down back. He's going to get lots of points. He is the guy to get, but if you have room and you're in the deep league, uh, Breida also goes down. He got injured a lot last year as well. Um, he's a very tough guy. He always came back from injury and always kind of started every game, even though he didn't finish it. Um, but I would still go out and get his backup, which is Rohim Mostart, uh, who actually played well, uh, when given the chance to. So Breida is the big one. Um, I would feel comfortable starting in 12, a 12 man league, probably 10 man league, not so much 12 man. Absolutely. Um, this one hurts for me because I was really big on this guy in the off season. Uh, Mike Williams has a sprained knee. He left the game and he did not come back to the game. Um, he is considered week to week. So if you were invested on wake Mike Williams, like I was and how I have him in every league, <laughs> um, you're going to have to monitor that um, pick up maybe Travis Benjamin or Travis or Dontrell Inman, but most likely you're not going to start those guys. So you can kind of just go just keep him on your bench and watch over him. This one hurts me because I thought he was going to be uh, much more involved. I still think he is. He's going to be a touchdown dependent guy, but I feel like he's going to get over 10 touchdowns this year. Um, Philip Rivers loves to run to the big bodies in the end zone. He's got Hunter Henry and Mike Williams. Those are his guys. Uh, Keenan Allen's still the number one, of course, but he still has those big, big guys. Okay, now we are going to go game by game the whole week. We're going to do them in order, and a little um, proclaimer here is it's week one, not to panic. A lot of guys went off that we didn't think were going to go off, that I don't think anyone thought. And then a lot of busts, a lot of big-name players didn't do anything, so do not panic. I actually saw this um, tweet earlier today by at the odds maker um, for everyone who's panicking that gave us a little stat, few stats from uh, last year um, after week one, Tyrod Taylor was the QB four. Matt Ryan was the QB 25. Isaiah Crowell was the running back four, and Derek Henry was the running back 57. Kenny Stills was the wide receiver four. Amari Cooper was the wide receiver, 77. Will Disley was the tight end, 3. And Travis Kelsey was the tight end, 53. Okay? So if anyone is freaking out about what happened week 1, that little stat line is perfect to remember. There's no need to panic. Everything's going to be okay. Your big-name players are still going to be your big-name players. Don't worry about it. And when we talk about don't panic, we are obviously going to talk about the first game of the NFL season, the Chicago Bears versus the Green Bay Packers. Uh, this was a stinker. Now, I don't mind a defensive battle, but that's not what this was. This was two offenses not being able to offense, really. Um, Chicago's D was pretty good. The Packers came out how I thought they were going to. Rodgers was going to make a few plays, but then the... Uh, the Bears offense. I mean, I, I don't want to take any credit away from Green Bay's defense, but the Bears offense. Holy moly. That was bad. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky went 26 for 45 for 228 yards and an interception, and he was sacked five times. Three carries for 11 yards. Um, I was uh, big on Mitch Trubisky this year to start. I'm going to have to uh, hold up on that. 
um, until I see him do it. Uh, what I saw him do last year, because his defense was so good, what, what he did a lot last year is he was just on the field a lot, and he had great positioning. And even when they were up games, they weren't afraid to make the score bigger. Normally, defensive teams will just keep it defensive. They won't run up the score. Chicago did that last year. And another year into the system, I thought uh, Trubisky was going to do that. But the play calling was brutal. Matt Nagy did some horrible play calling. And I'm not just the fact that he didn't give Montgomery as many carries. It was the plays he did like right off the bat. The very first play of the game, he went with like a trick play, a weird formation. And of course, Tariq Cohen fumbled the ball. It's their first snap of the year. Everyone's got jitters and he's trying to do trick plays when the defense is literally as sharp as they're going to be. Like that, like you do a trick play when you run the ball well, when you uh, when you've been beating them down, and then you're gonna catch them off their guard. Um, they didn't do that. They started trying to do trick plays right off the bat, and Green Bay's defense, fresh as sharp as they're gonna be, sniffed it all out, and it was painful. It was painful. They kept giving Mike Davis the ball, and I'm not hating on Mike Davis, but you had Montgomery. When Montgomery was on the field, he was making plays. He was breaking tackles on his own and getting positive yardage. And he would do it for like two plays and then they would just take him out and do something completely different. Like he had that one catch for like, what was it? It was, he had that one catch for 27 yards. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. 27 yards, that beauty catch. And then they took him off the field. They made Mike Davis run into the line and that killed their drive once again. Uh, but there was some positive takeaways. Allen Robinson um, is back and he was keyed in as the number one receiver. Um, Trubisky didn't even look for other people. They knew he was going to Robinson because he stared him down every route and he still got the ball to him. He got seven catches for 102 yards. Uh, amazing in PPR. Uh, there was no touchdowns, but there will be more touchdowns to go. Terry Cohen is still the passing back. He lined up in the slot quite a bit. He got eight catches for 49 yards. Uh, again, you are happy with that. Um, in uh, PPR, he also had 10 targets. Uh, Montgomery just had the one, unfortunately. Gabriel had a few big plays. And even Mike Davis had six catches for 17 yards. I think they're going to go back to the drawing board and see that Mike Davis is not your guy right now. He's not a bad running back. He played well in Seattle. I do like him, but he's just, he's not going to be your guy, Nagy. I'm, I'm sure he will see that well. Um, Cordell Patterson was getting a little too much use that I would like to. Um, my bust for this was Anthony Miller. Uh, he was he had a really good rookie season. He was injured a lot, and he went into this game. He had ankle issues, but he was not on the injury report, so I was expecting him to do something. He literally got one target. It was a crappy one near the end of the game, and he did nothing. So uh, Anthony Miller, I'm not dropping him yet, but I am going to have to watch him, hoping he gets a little more involvement. I was expecting him to be the number two. Instead, uh, Taylor Gabriel was on the field much more than him. And their three-headed back committee was just brutal. Um, on the other side, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he played a tough defense. He at least got a touchdown out of it. You're not worried about Aaron Rodgers. You're going to start him every week. About this, this was his preseason game. He just got his preseason game out of the way, uh, got rid of some jitters, played a tough defense, and he played well enough. Um, and same goes with Aaron Jones. I know a lot of people – were disappointed with Aaron Jones, but you couldn't really expect too much from this. The thing that did suck, though, is they brought Jamal Williams in quite a bit to uh, to catch some passes. 
I mean, he only got two targets, Jamal Williams, but he was in a lot on passing downs. So that's something to monitor. You're still going to start Aaron Jones. He's still going to be your stud. He's going to have great weeks. Um, but if you have Aaron Jones, make sure you have Jamal Williams. That's number one. You need to have Jamal Williams. Aaron Jones is a big injury risk, and he was actually, early in the game, he was on the sideline wincing quite a bit. So I was I thought he was actually going to be done there. Uh, so, yeah, Devontae Adams, another bad game. 11 targets. I mean, that's the – no, wait, he didn't get 11 targets. I'm sorry. He got eight targets, but that's still a positive. You're not going to worry about him. Um, I think Marquez Valdez-Scantling has emerged as to, um, Aaron Rodgers' clear number two target. Uh, ahead of Geronimo Allison, who did nothing for you. And uh, we saw MVS as a rookie. Um, he made a lot of mistakes. He run ran routes pretty sloppy. But Rodgers kept going to him. He made a lot of big plays. And he made some big plays this one. He's going to be the number two. Uh, if Devontae Adams goes down, Marcus Valoscani will be a stud. Um, the part I was excited about is the only touchdown of the game went to Jimmy Graham. He had a bad year last year, and he said it. He was mad. He wanted he wanted it to go better, and it went better. He like came in. He was healthy. Um, he had a hard offseason. He, he, he said at the beginning of the season he wanted to prove people wrong. Pretty good game for a tight end. Three for 30, one touchdown. He's touchdown dependent. You know, he's not always going to get it. But you can't do worse than uh, Jimmy Graham. We are happy to see that. Moving on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, this one was not as bad as the Thursday night stinker, but it was close. At least if you were banking on Tampa Bay players, which a lot of people were. But there are some really good positives to take out of it. The game itself sucked. Jameis Winston was terrible. He um, he was targeting the San Francisco. I guess they both wear red. So he was targeting the San Francisco uh, defensive backs more than he probably was his own receivers. He threw some horrible picks. But I still like Tampa Bay's offense, partly because of that. You know, when this is how they've gotten fantasy points in the past. Either Jameis Winston or Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick would throw a pick six and then they would have to um, play from behind pretty much the whole game, which sucks if you're a Tampa owner, but if you're a fantasy owner, it's okay. Um, they played from behind, although they didn't play well today. This is literally the worst-case scenario as it can go for Tampa, but the positives are um, Ronald Jones. We finally have a running back in Tampa Bay. If you didn't watch that game, Peyton Barber started it. They were kind of flipping back and forth. But in the second half, they pretty much mainly stuck to Ronald Jones, and he was running fantastic. And more importantly, he was running between the tackles. He was kind of seen as a screen pass outside edge rusher. No, he was freaking powering through. He was actually what got their offense finally going. He did not get into the end zone, um, but they were already behind. But the important thing is, is once he had the hot hand, they actually stuck with him, and he actually looked good. He looked terrible last year. The Peyton Barber, uh, Ronald Jones things, I drafted them last year, and they both let me down. So this year I was completely ignoring them. I'm like, I'm not getting in the Ronald Jones, Peyton Barber thing. I'm not taking a risk. Even if it's at an eighth-round draft price, I am not risking it. And then I saw something good. I would be happy to have Ronald Jones on my team. I think he's going to be their number one guy. Um, he added 20 pounds of muscle, and he's faster, they were saying, and he showed it, man. Um, the offense stunk, so his stat line wasn't all that great. It was 13 rushes for 75 yards. Um, and one target for uh, one catch for 18 years. That's not bad. He was running at 5.8 average per run. And like I said, that came out the second half. So keep an eye on him. Um, 
Chris Godwin, uh, a lot of people sleeper. He was mine. I have him on most of my leagues. Um, he is going to be their touchdown guy, and he got one. I don't know if you saw the touchdown, but uh, Sherman was literally all over him. He was hugging him. Winston targeted him and just threw it in there, and Godwin still came up with it. He's a big body. He's solid. Um, I had him on most of my leagues, mainly for the reason I see him as a guy that can play on par with Mike Evans, if not surpass him. And he came at a much cheaper price. So, and I think he'll still be cheap because even though he got a touchdown, he only got three catches for 58 yards on six targets. So that's pretty good. Mike Evans, uh, that one kind of sucks because a lot of people spent a second or third round pick on Mike Evans and it was brutal, but this is what we talk about. Don't panic, right? Uh, he had two catches on five targets for 28 yards. Um, he's Mike Evans. He's going to bounce back. This offense, this is the worst I think we're going to see Tampa Bay's offense. They're going to get better. Um, notable thing, though, is that he was off to the sideline quite a bit wincing. So he might have some minor injuries, but he is tough. That happens to him all the time. I think he'll be fine, but it's uh, injury to monitor. Um, for the throughout the week, if if there is a problem, then obviously Chris Godwin's going to be the guy, right? Uh, limited through the week. If he's limited, questionable. Chris Godwin rolls, and if he starts, you got to start Mike Evans because he can go off any any given day. Uh, OJ Howard had four catches for thirty two yards on five targets. Again, disappointing, but it's a tight end. It's a volatile position. It's always going to be touchdown dependent, and he's going to get his touchdowns. Uh, Evans. Godwin, OJ Howard, they're still every week starters for me at this point. They're big bodies. Winston is not a good quarterback. He's going to aim for the big bodies in the end zone and hope that his receivers do a good job for him. And that's kind of what they, it's kind of how he's been doing his whole career. Um, but I am happy to see Ronald Jones pick it up. On the other side of the ball, Jimmy Garoppolo, eh, rough start as well. This was kind of an ugly game all around. Um, I was never in on Jimmy Garoppolo as a fantasy quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback. Um, he's missed a lot of time, so he's going to take some time to get back into his groove. I'm not worried about him for fantasy, but um, just a general decent quarterback. Um, moving on into receiving, George Kittle picked up exactly where he left off. He went eight catches for 54 yards on 10 targets. He didn't get a touchdown, but the important thing is that Garoppolo was looking his way often. Um, because a lot of Kittle's success was not with Garoppolo. Garoppolo, Garoppolo. It was with the backup, right? So we're we weren't sure how much uh, Garoppolo would be looking at Kittle, and he was. So that's good. Um, another big note is Tevin Coleman got injured. He's going to be out for two to four weeks. Uh, this makes Matt Breida a big start. Um, I'm totally happy starting him. I was even saying that earlier for injuries. He was already my favorite over Tevin Coleman because we've seen Tevin Coleman play as the the starter, as the first down, second down guy when he was in Atlanta, and he did not do a good job of it. He's more suited to be a third down back. Brita has a better skill set, although he's also gets injured a lot. So if you have Brita and you're rolling with him, you got to pick up Raheem Mostart, who also had a pretty good game. Nine cat, nine rushes for forty yards. Um, not that bad, not that great. Even Brita's game. Wasn't that great. He had 15 rushes for 37 yards. Not that great, but it's going to get better. Just you got to roll with it. Um, James Jr. had one catch for 39. Uh, one TD. I'm not necessarily picking him up off waivers. Uh, Dante Pettis did nothing. Marquis Goodwin did nothing. 
Um, I think we are just going to move on from this one. And we are going to go to a game that was quite a bit more exciting. We are going to go to the Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Giants. Now, that was exciting for one team in particular. Obviously, it was Dallas. They won 35-17. to Dak Prescott, um, you know, he had four touchdowns, an incredible game. A lot of people uh, were laughing at Dak Prescott when he was requesting $40 million a year. I was one of them. But now I'm thinking he might get it. He is going to get it if he keeps playing like that. Um, he was solid. They have all their pieces in. They have a new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. Um, Dallas's offense actually looked a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Now, we're going to have to take this in stride. We're not going to get too, too excited about the Dallas Cowboys. They were playing the New York Giants, which is kind of a team on the – I was gonna say on the rise, but more on the down. They're they're not uh, they're not a team to get too excited about. Um, Elliott and Pollard split carries. Obviously, Elliott was much better. Thirteen fifty three with a touchdown and one catch for ten yards. That was his first game back with no practice, though. So remember that he's still the number one back in the league, and he's gonna have way better stat lines than like that than that. But they didn't need him this year. Um, I was more excited to see was Jason Witten get a touchdown. How about that? People were like, he's got back from retirement. Who the heck is going to care about Jason Witten? Obviously, the Cowboys did for a reason. And he got three catches, 15 yards, and a touchdown. I'm not going to start Jason Witten or Blake Jarwin, who also got a touchdown. I'm not – I want to see how this breaks down a bit more because they have their slot guy in Randall Cobb, who also had a good game. Uh, Michael Gallup went seven for 158 on seven targets. Murray Cooper, six for 106 and a touchdown on nine targets. Randall Cobb, four for 69 and a touchdown. Where, who is the Cowboys now? Like I'd never saw them as a big throwing offense, but obviously they're getting there. Uh, Michael Gallup was a sleeper um, in the off season because Cooper was also dealing with an injury and he played all right as a rookie. He just didn't have too much opportunity. Now he's going to be getting that opportunity aside of Cooper and um, they are more dangerous than, I probably would have guessed. So I would be comfortable starting uh, Prescott. Obviously, Elliot, we're not talking about that. But Michael Gallup, I think he's could be an every week starter in a deeper league for sure. Uh, and on the other side, Eli Manning. Eh, okay, they brought in Daniel Jones for a few snaps. Went three for four for 17. Eli, 30 for 44, 306, one TD. Um, no Beckham. We're not worrying about the New York Giants quarterback. I don't think anyone's starting them. Um, they only have two guys that are worth starting, and they did okay. More than okay. Obviously, Saquon Barkley's your guy. He went 11 for 120. He had six targets, and he got uh, four catches for 19 yards. Evan Ingram, he probably drafted him to be the third best tight end in the league. He had an incredible day. He's obviously the guy they're keying in on. He had 14 targets for a tight end. A tight end. He had 14 targets for 11 catches, 116 yards, one touchdown. Evan Ingram is an absolute stud. Fortunately, he does have injury history in the past. If he can stay healthy, he could win you a championship. Um, there's not much to say there. It's pretty cut and dry, really. Sterling Shepard, he uh, got lots of targets. Uh, seven targets for six catches for 42 yards. He's pretty much the same guy he was when they had Odell Beckham. Unfortunately, like people are waiting for a wide receiver to step up in um, New York, but they don't have that yet. 
And it's not necessarily Sterling Shepard's fault. Um, the reason Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley are really great with these little pass catches because that's all Eli can throw. Eli's not the guy that holds onto the ball and chucks it downfield much. Beckham made Eli look good because he was taking those five-yard passes, those 10-yard passes, and then he was running them another 50 yards. Um, Shepard is not – he's a good receiver, but he's not the guy to do that. That's why uh, a guy like um, Evan Ingram did so well because that is where he plays, basically. And for tight end, that is perfect. That is exactly what you want. We are now moving on to the Detroit Lions and the Arizona Cardinals. What a game. This one was freaking exciting, man. I was pumped watching this. Um, the biggest notice, TJ Hawkerson, the Hawk. The Hawk. Sorry, I don't have sound bites for this podcast yet, guys, but we will get there. But we're calling him the Hawk right now. Um, <laughs> a lot of people weren't picking him up. They knew this. They spent a first round draft pick on this tight end. And a lot of people weren't picking them up because of the old uh, stigma of rookie tight ends don't do well in their first year, which is kind of why I let him drop uh, a bit lower in some other drafts. I wish I didn't now. I did mostly because it was the Detroit Lions because they also spent a first round pick uh, way back when on Eric Ebron, right? They wanted their stud tight end, but it didn't work with Ebron. But now we are seeing it was either a play calling or maybe it was just an Eric Ebron thing. Maybe he just wasn't good enough to be that super tight end. But Hawkerson looks like he is that super tight end. If he is on your waiver wires, um, if you have a top tight end, you basically have like a free extra points like slot. You're going to win on that slot. And it's a little bit of a boost. It's a boost that you can actually get. Like everyone's going to have solid running backs, quarterbacks and wide receivers, but there's really only a few solid tight ends. So if you have the top tight end, um, especially if you're not really spending much on him, like if he's on waivers and you so happen to get him, then you're pretty much getting a top tight end for free. Um, I don't know if he's going to have a game like this every week. I mean, he went six catches for 131 yards and a touchdown off nine targets for a tight end for tight end. That's amazing. Um, so yes, probably the number one waiver ad, in my opinion, just because the tight end could be a bit of a cheat code if you have one of the top ones and if you don't have to spend a high draft pick to get him, which Hawkerson, you obviously do not. He was on a lot of people's benches, on a lot of people's waivers. Um, he's going to go up to 100% own in next week. At least he should be. Um, another surprise for me like that too was Danny Amendola, seven for... Uh, 104 and a touchdown off 13 targets. Uh, so last year when they got rid of Golden Tate, he was their um, yards after catch guy, their slot guy. They had no one to fill that role. Um, and the team went downhill. The team went downhill fast after they lost Golden Tate. I don't know why they traded Golden Tate. He was such a huge part of the offense. But it looks like they finally filled that role with Danny and Danny Amendola. Um, so I would be happy playing Amendola as a flex, especially in PPR in the upcoming uh, weeks. Marvin Jones kind of let you down, uh, four for 56. And Galladay, he didn't let you down because he got a touchdown, but if he didn't, he would have. He went four for 42 and a touchdown. Uh, you drafted him to be a uh, top receiver on your team. And the touchdown saved it. I'm not worried about him. Their, their offense is looking better than I would have thought. And... Uh, Pretty pumped about what, uh, about how they played um, on the uh, rushing side of the ball. 
You did want to see more of Carryon Johnson. He went 16 for 49, 3.1 average uh, on only two targets, uh, two catches for 13 yards. Um, once they got rid of Theo Riddick, you thought Johnson was going to get more of those short throws. Um, I was hoping to see that a lot more. Obviously, it did not happen. Um, that's too bad. I'm hoping it happens in the future. Uh, Stafford is not afraid to check down to his running back. That's why Theo Riddick was uh, so valuable in PPR in the last, next, last few years. Um, unfortunately, this is another part that kind of bummed me out. So Kerryon Johnson got 16 rushes. CJ Anderson got 11. This is a pretty close split, and they had the same amount of efficiency. Uh, so Kerryon did not separate himself from CJ Anderson. That that's kind of the most fun. We want, everyone wants to see Johnson be that three down back, and everyone knows that he can, but uh, he is going to be limited with CJ. They're going to give him their I feel like CJ will be some goal line carry steals uh, later on in the year. Unfortunately, that's. We're just going to have to – you're obviously starting to carry on Johnson. C.J. Anderson stays on your bench, especially if you have Johnson because he also has injury concerns. I think he had a bad knee pretty much all of last year too. So keep an eye on that. Uh, we'll move to the other side of the ball. Uh, Kyler Murray in his debut, uh, super rough at the beginning, and then he turned it around. Holy crap, he finally turned it around. And uh, it got exciting. He went 29 for 54 pass attempts. So they're not afraid to let him freaking sling it. For 308 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. He was sacked five times. Uh, he played well. Um, everyone was hating on the Arizona offense in the first half of the game, but they came back. David Johnson ended up pulling off a pretty good stat line, even though it started kind of slow. He went 18 for 82, seven targets um, for six catches, 55 yards, and a touchdown. This is what David Johnson can do. This is what they got away from last year. Um, they took Johnson out of the uh, throwing game, basically. They just made him a one-dimensional running back last year. It was the worst play call ever. They just kept running him into the line. Now they went back to his skill set, which is he can be a receiver. And they went game one, did it, and he had a great stat line. Uh, this week was funny. A lot of guys that I keep thinking are washed up have huge stat lines again, and they keep proving me wrong. Larry Fitzgerald just shows he's ageless. He's amazing. I don't know what to say about this guy. 13 targets, eight catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. Keyshawn Johnson stepped up for five, uh, five receptions and a um, 46 yards. Christian Kirk ended up playing well, four catches for 32 yards. I was hoping for Kirk to be a little more involved, but uh, he did get 12 targets. So he didn't do much with them. But the fact that they were looking his way, I mean, Larry got 13. Uh, Keyshawn got 10. Bird got 7. Like, they're throwing the ball a lot. Um, they had to play from behind, and they showed that they could. Unfortunately, the game ended up as a draw, so I don't know what to do with that. But Kyler Murray is excited to actually see him have adversary and see him succeed in it. Yes. Okay, we'll move on. Not much more to say about that. Uh, we're going back to the Cincinnati Bengals and the Seattle Seahawks. This was another sloppy one. Uh, the biggest note here is Joe Mixon uh, went down. He is going to be week to week. He said he's okay and could play for week two, but that's going to be something to monitor. It's no guarantee. Um, 
Yeah, okay, we'll go to the Cincinnati side of the ball here. Uh, Dalton had a pretty decent sat line. He was sacked five times, got two touchdowns, 418 yards. Um, this was a weird game. Everyone was picking up Tyler Boyd to fill in the A.J. Green role, and John Ross, the speedy youngster, and I think this is his third season, had more yards uh, in this one game, I think, than he had all last year. Um, they had high expectations with him. He had high draft capital, and he actually finally, for the first time, stepped up. He had seven catches for 158, two TDs off 12 targets. Oh, man, what a stat line. I want, I want to say he's a top waiver wire priority, and he is in maybe a deep league. He obviously is. He's going to get picked up, and he should. But this has all the reekings to me of chasing the points, you know? John Ross has been a bust so far his whole career. He's fast. They need a guy to step up, and he did. We got to hope that he can keep doing it. I'm obviously going to pick him up if I can, but I'm not going to start him right away. I want to see a little more consistency from John Ross. Uh, CJ Uzama got targeted quite a bit as a tight end, five for, uh, sorry, four for 66. Tyler Boyd was a PPR stud, eight receptions for 60 yards. Gio Bernard got in there, two catches, 42 yards. Uh, Gio Bernard is also a must pickup if Joel Mixon actually does miss time. Even if he doesn't, you should pick him up just in case. They just signed him for a contract. They want him to be part of the offense. Joel Mixon is clearly a third three down back, but um, Bernard must get picked up. Tyler Eifert made it past his first game without an injury. Surprise. Five for 27. Um, I'm not sold on him. I'm not sold on him or I'm not sold on the Cincinnati offense, even though some good things happened here. I just don't like them. Uh, we're going to move to Seattle. It was the kind of game kind of we were expecting, you know, Chris Carson uh, started this game. Like they said, they were going to play him. He got 15 carries, 46 yards and a touchdown. Um, got seven targets in the passing game. Guys, this is the most important thing. Chris Carson was just a running back that would only run last season. And they were saying in the offseason and training camp that he's got great hands and that he's going to catch the ball. And I think everyone in the fantasy community was just laughing because we didn't see much from that from Chris Carson. And they gave him seven targets, seven targets for six catches, 35 and a touchdown. That's two touchdowns for Chris Carson. Um, he's living up to the draft capital you spent on him. Hopefully that keeps up. Uh, DK Metcalf came out too. He was of concern. He had four catches for 89 yards off six targets. So Russell Wilson is, we know who the two guys that Russell Wilson will be looking at. is going to be Lockett and Metcalf. Um, it's confirmed. Um, Lockett is another funny one. He picked up exactly where he left on. He left off. He is their no receiver number one, but he doesn't get targeted like it, but he still produces like it. Just exactly how it happened last year. They didn't throw to him much, but every time they did, it was a touchdown. And, of course, that's how yesterday's game went. It was one catch, 44 yards, and a touchdown off two targets. That is how it goes for Chris – for Chris, sorry. For Tyler Lockett, Will Disley went down with an injury. Unfortunately, he keeps looking like he's going to be a good tight end. Nick Vanette was the only other uh, Seattle player to um, even catch a pass. Two for 16, so he's their tight end, but I wouldn't spend time on Nick Vanette. Uh, this is a team that is not really going to throw the ball that much. That's why they didn't spread it out. This is a running team, number one. So we're not going to focus on that too much. Um, 
but DK Metcalf, he is also worth, he's definitely worth a pickup. He was very involved. Very good to see. Uh, we're going to move on to the Chargers and the Colts. This was an exciting game. This is another one that started off uh, slow, and it looked like the Chargers were just going to run away with it. The Colts made a game of it. Brissett, not too bad. Hilton proved that he was still good, but there's obviously one major uh, takeaway from this game, and you already know where I'm going with this, is Melvin Gordon obviously sitting out, and they were wondering if anyone else can pick up the Melvin Gordon slack, and that was answered for at least one game and then some. Holy crap. Anyone who started Austin Eckler this week probably guaranteed win because they probably didn't spend more than a six-round draft pick on him, and they had just got a number one running back for the time being. Um, after this game was over, uh, the reports were coming out that uh, Melvin Gordon could be back by week six. I don't know if this game had anything to do with that. It may have. <laughs> because, uh, well, I'll just read you the stat line like I've been doing here. Uh Austin Eckler, 12 rushes for 58 yards and a touchdown. Nothing too impressive, but he also had seven targets for six catches, 96 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, they went to him often. He was the clear number one. Justin Jackson was backing up. He also looked good. So Jackson's worth a pickup if Eckler ever goes down. We don't know how durable Eckler is. He had the starting role last year when Melvin Gordon went down, and he got injured right away, and then Justin Jackson came in, and he was their three-down back. Um, but yeah, there's not much more to say that Eckler is obviously a every week starter. If he's still cheap in DFS too, you're playing him on daily fantasy. Um, I don't know what he rise to yet, but his price will rise quite a bit. Hunter Henry, big body got four catches for 60 yards. Uh, Rivers does love his tight end. He did not get in the end zone. Keenan Allen just being the study is. Eight for 123, one touchdown. He is your every week starter. Um, this was the disappointment for me. Mike Williams, I have him, and I think in all my leagues, I thought he, him a lot like Chris Godwin, I thought he could step up and be a true uh, wide receiver one, at least almost to the point where the wide receiver one being, in his case, would be Keenan Allen. I thought he could at least get up to those fantasy points, and he still might, but he wasn't looked at too much throughout the game, and then he went down with a knee injury. He is considered week to week, so he could miss next week. We don't know. Even if he doesn't miss next week, if he starts, I'm not going to start him again. He burned me in too many leagues. I'm going to put him on my bench. I'm not dropping him. I'm going to put him on my bench, and uh, hopefully he can pick it up. Uh, Rivers loves throwing to the big bodies, you know, so Hunter Henry, even though he didn't get a touchdown, he'll get lots in the future, and I think Mike Williams too. Uh, if you remember Antonio Gates, Vincent Jackson, he loves throwing to big bodies in the end zone. He has no problem just punching it in there. Uh, yeah, Mike Williams, that was a brutal one, but, uh, hopefully that picks up and then, uh, his replacements, if he misses will be Dontrell Inman, Travis Benjamin. I don't think those guys are worth starting. So we're not going to spend too much time on that. Uh, Jacoby Brissett played a pretty decent game. He got sacked twice. So their offensive line is still holding up good. He got two touchdowns, a decent enough performance. If you started, I don't think anyone did. So we're not going to worry about that. I think their best stat line we got here was, uh, Marlon Mack. Uh, a lot of people spent a high draft pick on him, and he freaking he was another weak winner too. If you had him, you were so happy. Um, people did not know what to do with him when Luck retired, and he's probably going to get more work because they're not going to be able to chuck it as much. And that's exactly what happened. He only uh, he only had like twenty yards after the first half, so everyone was freaking out. In the second half, he just balled out. He ran for sixty three yards, got a touchdown, 
Ended up with 174 yards on the day on 25 rush attempts. He is a true workhorse back. They're going to keep riding him. Naheem Hines got four targets, so he is the passing down guy, but he didn't do much. I mean, he only got four targets for four yards. T.Y. Hilton, um, who dropped in everybody's rankings. He dropped uh, quite a bit. He's still the number one on the team. They still went to him often. He got nine targets, eight catches for 87 yards and two touchdowns. So you can still feel confident. They're going to find ways to get Hilton in space. He's speedy. Um, it's not going to be as exciting as, as it was with Luck, but um, it's going to be good enough. You're going to be happy starting T.Y. Hilton. Uh, Devin Funches goes down for an injury. He's going to be out for a while. So I think the next guy you really want to look at, if you're looking to actually pick up um, any uh, Indianapolis receivers outside of their tight ends and T.Y. Hilton, is Dion Kane. Um, he looked okay, but I wouldn't start him. If you're in a deep league, you could put him on your bench. Not much more to say in this. Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, they, they both got one catch. Mo Ali Cox, one catch. Um, it was mostly Andrew Luck that was an expert at throwing through the tight end. So those guys kind of hit the bench for me. Um, I, I don't know. Doyle, I always liked, but I'd probably drop him. Ebron's worth holding on to, but I wouldn't start him. Uh, we're going to move on. Okay. Next game is the Washington Redskins against the Philadelphia Eagles. This one was exciting. Redskins came out and showed that they had offense, that they were actually going to do something. And then they fell completely flat and were embarrassed. Um, the keynotes in this is they sat Adrian Peterson. He was inactive. I'm not sure why they said they're going to go with guys. So guys came off a horrible injury last year. Um, he was out all year. He just got healthy near the end of preseason. And then the team said, you know what? Guys is going to be our bell cow back. They said it. All carriers will go through him. They gave him the workload. I stayed away from guys all off season, all drafts, basically because not because I know he's good and I know they want for him to be the guy, but the injury, like you can't just, expect a running back to come back from an injury like that and be healthy. And sure enough, he went down. He's injured again one week and he did nothing. And they needed a guy like Peterson that game. And they did not have it at all. Guys, he went 10 rushes for 18 yards. That's it. That's 1.8 yards a carry. And Peterson, even though he's old and obviously they want to move on from him, Played very well last year. He was their offensive MVP. They sat him. So now he's pissed. Is he going to – He's obviously, I think he's going to start next game. But how well is he going to play? He must be upset. Uh, Keenum gave you a pretty good stat line. If anyone started him, maybe on Daily Fantasy. Someone might have started Case Keenum. He got three touchdowns, 380 yards, no interceptions, only one sack. Um, McLaurin uh, ended up putting up a nice stat line. Terry McLaurin, the rookie, five catches for 125 and a touchdown. Chris Thompson uh, went back to his pass catching role. If you have him in PPR, good for you. You were 100% happy. It was seven catches for 68 yards. Vernon Davis with the big touchdown, 35-year-old tight end. Um, I don't know. He might be worth picking up. Jordan Reed is um, he's just going to keep getting injured. They're going to need a tight end. Vernon Davis just keeps doing it. Um, I wouldn't feel comfortable starting, but he gave you a touchdown. Paul Richardson, Trey Quinn, yeah. Got a touchdown, but Geis went three catches for 20 yards. Yeah, 
not too much else to uh, look out of this um, team right now. Adrian Peterson, I'd be happy starting him if they just said he was going to get the ball. Who knows what they're going to do. Um, on the other side of the ball, it was super exciting to see. Again, I was just talking about Larry Fitzgerald. Deshaun Jackson is another one. These older receivers that I think are done, they keep proving me wrong and they're hurting me because they're scoring points against me or they're on a bench and I'm getting screwed by them. But uh, Deshaun Jackson, man, what a game. He had 10 targets, 8 catches for 154 yards, 2 touchdowns. What a stud. If you had him, you won for sure because he was next to free. Everyone thought he was done. Um, the real bummer for me in this one, I was really into Miles Sanders on the offseason. I think he's going to be their three-down guy. Doug Peterson says he will eventually be when he's ready. Who knows when that is. Um, he did not prove that he was ready yesterday because they gave him majority of the carries and he really didn't do anything with them. They gave uh, Miles Sanders 11 carries, Jordan Howard 6, and Darren Sproles 9. And Miles Sanders did the least with him. On 11 carries, he got 25 yards, 2.3 yards a carry, and he got two targets for one or two yards, one catch for two yards. Um, it doesn't, I, he, I think he's still the best running back in this three headed monster, and I think he will eventually be the three down guy, but it's going to take until like mid season. So if you have him, don't drop him, don't trade him yet, just hold on to him. Don't go starting Jordan Howard. Uh, Jordan Howard had seven yards per carry on six rushes, but they are going to keep splitting uh, these guys up. I don't like Jordan Howard. Uh, even Darren Sproles, he's good too, but if I was going to hold any of these running backs, I would hold on to Miles Sanders and just hope that something else happens. Uh, Zach Ertz, 5 for 54, not bad for a tight end. Obviously, you want him to get in the end zone. Can't happen every week. I'm sure it'll happen next week. Alshon Jeffrey, uh, he's a guy that big body that will give you a touchdown normally. 5 for 49, uh, one touchdown, so that's good. Uh, Carson Wentz. Showing that MVP form that we know he can do. He looks healthy. He looks a lot better than he did uh, when he played last year when he was coming off of injuries. Um, he went 28 for 39. Yeah, 300 yards, 313 yards, a touchdown, and one, three touchdowns in one sack. It was a great come from behind victory, and I'm super excited about what the Eagles are going to do. Uh, Ertz start, um, Jeffries a start, and I'm thinking Deshaun Jackson. If you need a receiver, he could be um, your top receiver pickup. I'm not going to expect that stat line coming forth in the future, but pick him up. Like he could do, you could do a lot worse. Um, I wasn't into him on the offseason. I did not think he had that top end, blow the defense over the top speed. But now Wentz has that and he is still doing it. And none of that's going to open up for everyone else. So they are going to have to respect that speed, and that's only going to help up guys like Ertz and Jeffrey, and this offense is actually looking pretty good. And Washington's defense isn't that bad, too. Um, they had them pretty much stuffed for the entire first half, but uh, Eagles were able to pick them up. The, but all, what I'm saying is they did that on a pretty good defense. Okay, moving on to the Buffalo Bills versus the New York Jets. The Bills. Winning their first game, they're gonna go 16 and 0. Oh my god, what a, what a game! What a sloppy game! I mean, it was an exciting finish, but man, that was a sloppy game. Um, <laughs> Josh Allen, the first drive started looking good, got a couple first downs, and then lost it. 
and then got it back and threw a pick six. Uh, the Jets' defense was looking good, but um, they, Buffalo did not run the ball as much as I thought they were going to. They've been a strictly running-only team, but they were happy giving Allen all the opportunity to throw. Um, it was kind of annoying because it wasn't working at first, but it was actually exciting to see because you need a quarterback that can throw, and they're allowing him to do that, and it's why they're able to get back in it. Um, so, And they barely scored. Weaked it out, but there was a lot of good takeaways from this. Um, I think the top one is if they had a number one receiver, no one knew if it was going to be Zay Jones or um, or um, what's the name Brown, John Brown. Um, obviously, it was Brown. He went seven catches for 123 yards and a touchdown. He is their deep threat. He is a deep threat player, and Josh Allen has a huge arm. And I did not know if they were going to utilize that as much as they did. I was hoping they did, and they obviously did. Um, I'm so happy. I, obviously, He's not going to get a stat line like that, but he can go off and get a touchdown at any point in the game, and they don't have too many other threats that can do that. So as long as he stays healthy, I am happy starting John Brown in a flex position in a deeper league, absolutely. Um, and the fact that they let Josh Allen throw the ball 37 times shows me that they will do that. And... Um, because they, they, they never did that before. Um, previous years, they would just stick with the run no matter how much they were losing by. Um, and there was good and bad things to see from the run. The bad was that they gave Frank Gore 11 carries, um, even though he's one of the most consistent guys ever in football. Devin Singletary was a stud. He only had four rush attempts, but he had 70 yards uh, on them, averaging 17.5 yards per rush. And he had six targets for five catches and 20 yards off of, yeah, six targets, like I said. Um, so Devin Singletary looks like he is the real deal. He's a three-down back. And uh, as the season goes on, he's going to be that guy more and more and more. Um, if he's somehow still on the waivers, if you can get him, get him, start him. I'm very happy with what I saw there. The only thing I wasn't happy with was the usage of Devin Singletary, but that will change because they're going to want to win. And he's obviously the guy. Frank Gore had 11 carries. Uh, Josh Allen uh, throw showed what he's good for fantasy is the rushing. He rushed the ball 10 times for 30 yards and got a touchdown. So Allen got one through the air and one on the ground, even though he threw the pick, he threw two picks and he, what did he fumble? How many times did he fumble? Two times. Oh my God, that's four turnovers. You at minus eight, still give you a decent style and because of the running. Not that decent, but better than like Trubisky or something. Um, I'd, I'd be okay starting Josh Allen in some weeks uh, just based on the rushing and that, that he will go for. Uh, Cole Beasley, he's going to be your PPR guy. He had nine targets, five catches for 40 yards. Um, that's what you expected to see there. Um, Cole Beasley, he went there because he wanted more involvement in the passing game. Uh, then he was getting in Dallas. They weren't using him the way he liked to be used. And we saw that. So that was great. Um, going to the other side of the ball, it was so great to see Le'Veon Bell back. A lot of people, he kind of dropped in drafts. A lot of people ran him off. I don't know why. I get it. Their um, offensive line wasn't as good as it was in Pittsburgh, but it's still Le'Veon Bell. The coach said himself he didn't play preseason because he's going to get enough practice time with 300 or 500 carries, he said. 
Uh, so you know he was going to be involved in every aspect of the game, which he was. He had 17 carries for 60 yards, and they kept him involved in the passing game with nine targets for six catches, 32 yards, um, and one touchdown. The uh, the numbers don't pop out of the page like some of the other guys this week, but that is about a solid stat line from Levy and Bill you're going to get, and you're going to get that every week. So there's something to be excited about there. Um, I drafted him in one league where I was able to get him. Um, but yeah, I think he fell just a little bit too far. A lot of people write him off just because he didn't play last year. He's still a stud. There's nothing to worry about that. Uh, the more surprising thing is that Robbie Anderson didn't do much and Jamison Crowder did a whole heck of a lot. Um, now, unfortunately, nobody started Jamison Crowder, maybe in daily fantasy football, but in their regular lineups, uh, if you had him, he would have had 17 targets, 17 targets for Jamison Crowder for 14 catches for 99 yards. So that's not that much yards for that many catches. But if you have him in PPR, you are happy. He is their slot guy. Darnold loves the slot guy. Jameson Crowder worth a pickup. PPR, absolutely. I wouldn't rely on him. I think this team is a lot better than they were last year. But I don't think that they are going to be um, – Obviously, they're not going to be a great offensive team. Now, Buffalo has a great defense, so that's probably why they had to use their slot guys so much, too. Um, they will have better days, like when they play Miami, like everyone will. Um, but definitely stash Crowder for now, see if he can keep this up. Uh, Minnesota Vikings versus the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Minnesota offense was what they said it was going to be. Um, way more than I ever thought. They said it was going to be a running team, and holy crap, it was. Kirk Cousins only had 10 pass attempts. 10 pass attempts for Kirk Cousins. That's it. He made eight of them for 98 yards. Uh, the real takeaway is Dalvin Cook looked exactly like how you drafted him to look. He was explosive. He's amazing. He's such a good player. If he didn't get injured, he would be a top three pick for sure, but he's had so many injury concerns. That's why I've been saying it before, and I'll say it again. If you have Dalvin Cook, even if you don't, pick up Alexander Madison. He is his backup, um, and he is also very good. He had a 5.4 yards per carry off nine touches as well, so he's showing he can do it as well. Um, if you had any of the Minnesota receivers, you're not happy. Thielen at least got a touchdown off 43 yards. Diggs did nothing. He was limited in practice um, all week, and um, fortunately, if he's limited in practice, you don't necessarily want to start him in your lineup. He'll probably let you down. Um, but yes, yeah, so Dalvin Cook, obviously, what a stud. You were never not going to start him anyway, so you don't have to listen to that. Oh, and I am watching Monday Night Football right now, and Deshaun Watson just ran in for a touchdown. Houston Texans are up 7 nothing. I know you're going to hear this late anyway. But it was still very impressive. But it just shows also why you don't really want any Houston Texans running backs because they don't give them the ball at the goal line. Deshaun Watson always holds the ball on the goal line. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, make sure you have Alexander Madison if you have Delvin Cook because he has those injury histories. And I think at some point you're going to get some games where Madison's going to be your three-down guy. Um, on the other side of the ball, we're not going to spend too much time here. Matt Ryan couldn't get too much going. He threw a couple picks, got a couple touchdowns. Devonta Freeman, ugh, bad. Eight rushes for 19 yards. Sorry for anyone who picked him up. Edo Smith backed him up, uh, got 30 yards. At least there was some happy stuff in the uh, passing game. Austin Hooper had nine 
nine receptions for 77 yards for a tight end, you are taking that and you're happy. Calvin Ridley got in the end zone like he does. Julio Jones got in the end zone. Julio Jones usually gets the yards and not the end zone, but at least today he got the end zone. Oh, even though it was only 31 yards, the score at least helps that. Um, he only did it on 11 targets, which is a little disheartening. You'd hope a little more from Julio Jones on 11 targets. But um, the uh, Atlanta pass catchers, I'm happy starting. Hooper at tight end, Ridley and Julio Jones, obviously Julio Jones and Ridley at wide receiver. You're happy starting them. Their offensive line is terrible. They have to do something there. They're not going to be able to run the ball. Put Freeman on your bench. Hopefully you have someone else. If you don't, you're going to have to start him. He will pick up. As long as he stays healthy, he'll pick it up. He'll do better. Just He probably lost you that week. Um, all right. We're going to go to this super exciting one. Um, on one side of the ball, it was the Baltimore Ravens versus the Miami Dolphins or whatever is left of the Miami Dolphins. This game was so bad for Miami that half the team after the game did not even want to play for the Miami Dolphins anymore. Now, we knew they were going to be bad. I did not know they were going to be this bad. They all wanted to be traded. At least that's the rumor. Uh, the Baltimore Reigns were actually my sneaky um, underdog Super Bowl pick. So, like, out of the top five teams, like, who would win the Super Bowl? I had the Ravens in that, mostly because how they could run the ball compared to their defense. Uh, Lamar Jackson, how well he played last year. He ran great last year. He actually threw great last year. He just didn't throw much. Uh, this game was the opposite. He did not run much. He only threw, and he didn't even throw <laughs> throw much to get five touchdowns. Holy crap. Um, I think everyone's in on Lamar Jackson now. He is an every week starter because even if he's not getting those throwing touchdowns, you know he's at least going to run the ball um, and save your fantasy season. He got over 40 points. Most people that started him won. We're like, he's, he is definitely that cheat code uh, QB. Um if you and like he didn't even finish the game, Robert Griffin the third came in and got another touchdown. So if Lamar Jackson stayed in the game, he would have had another touchdown. Um, Mark Ingram ran the ball 14 times for 107 yards and two touchdowns. Um, we knew this was going to be a giant running back committee, and it was, but it was still profitable for Mark Ingram. That is so good to see because Gus Edwards even had 17 runs as well. Uh, Justice Hill had seven runs. Lamar Jackson only had three for six yards. He didn't need to. I love the shade he threw at the reporters. I don't know if anyone watched the press conference or said, but he said not bad for a running back because that's what everyone was calling him. And he uh, he laughed in their face, and it was great. Uh, Mark, Mark Marquise, Marquise Hollywood Brown, they call him, four catches, only four catches off five targets for 147. He took two super long ones to the house. What a great week. Um, he's on your waivers too. He'll be a top priority as well. Mark Andrews, no one knew how he was going to be as tight end. He was a sleeper. No, no one was sure if he was actually going to live up to that sleeper potential. And he sure did. He had eight catches for 108 and one TD. And Willie Sneed also had one. Miles Boykin only had one catch for one touchdown. We're not worried about Miles Boykin right now. Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews are the guys you should be thinking about. Now, as we are getting excited about Baltimore, we have to remember they prob they played what probably is the worst team um, in the NFL right now. I had Baltimore Ravens defense on all my lineups because I knew how bad the Miami offense was going to be and Miami is going to continue to be bad. So we're going to have to wait and see. They're playing Kansas City in a week or two, I think, two weeks from now. 
that'll be an exciting game. We got to see if they keep this up. Um, don't blow all your fab on these guys. They're obviously not going to do this again. Um, maybe Lamar if you need a quarterback. But if you got him, you probably drafted him late anyway, and you are smiling. But if you need a tight end, Mark Andrews, if he's there. Hollywood Brown, I just don't know if he could do this again. But, man, if he can be consistent, he's obviously not going to be that consistent because that's impossible. Um, but, yeah, just temper expectations on Baltimore, guys. They're not going to get 59 points a game. Um, they played the worst team ever. Don't worry about it. Um, and on Miami, are we going to spend any time on Miami? No, we're not. Kalen Bellage was named the starter. He uh, ran the ball five times for minus a yard. Kenyon Drake only got 12 on four carries. Fitzpatrick couldn't do anything. Josh Rosen came in, couldn't do anything. Preston Williams got the touchdown. He made a very nice catch. Devontae Parker got 75 yards. Um, if you're a desperate for uh, one of these guys, maybe Balazs or Drake, you can get them on the real cheap right now. If anyone has them, they're going to drop Balazs. You can pick them up, and if they have a good matchup in the future, you can monitor and see and maybe start them. Um, if you're desperate in a flex or something like that. But as of right now, um, no one on Miami wants to play for Miami. So you, as a fantasy owner, should not want to play anyone from Miami. If they don't want to play them, you obviously don't want to play them. Right? That makes sense, doesn't it? Okay. Sorry, guys. We're rolling. This is taking a while. I know. But the next one is the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Jaguars. One of the best defenses for versus one of the best offenses and the best offense won, of course. Um, the major takeaway from this game, I talked about at the beginning, uh, Tyreek Hill is injured. He could be gone for six weeks. They don't know yet. He's going to get an MRI. They're going to have a few uh, tests on him. But he's going to miss some time. This one's a real heartbreaker. He's so good. You drafted him high. He's their number one. Um, his backup is Sammy Watkins, who absolutely stepped into that role and went off with nine catches for 198 yards and three touchdowns. This is best game ever. Holy crap. Sammy Watkins is the best sell-high candidate you have. You can probably get whoever you want. You can get a three-down back for him. Um, at the beginning of the season, you couldn't. He has huge injury concerns. So if you are going to unload him, I think you do it now. Don't wait because he's going to – remember, he's got all these foot issues. Something's going to happen, and then he's going to go down, and then he's going to not be worth anything because he'll probably be back by the time Hill comes back. Just my prediction, but if I'm just saying if you have this guy, manage him right. Don't just say, hey, I have a number one receiver for the rest of the league, the year and just keep him. Um, that being said, my sneaky pickup right now would be McCole Hardman because he's the guy that has that top-end Tyreek Hill speed. Um, he is a rookie, so it will be some slow moving. But Sammy Watkins is not going to be able to do it all, guys. He's going to need help, and Hardman is going to have games like Sammy Watkins had. I don't think he's going to have 198 yards and a touchdown every other week, but McCole Hardman will have a 100-yard game and multiple touchdowns in the future. Because Watkins cannot keep that load up. Um, and other more disappointing news of the thing is the uh, running back by committee thing happened now with McCoy and Damian Williams. And Darwin Thompson was my uh, offseason darling. I got him in most of my leagues. I even reached for him. And then they drafted because I thought he could be the number one guy in Kansas City as the year went on. And then they went and they got McCoy. And now there's another guy. Um, 
that gets in the way. But I think it honestly hurts Damian Williams more than it hurts Darwin Thompson because he was just meant to be a bench stash anyway. He's going to be that late season uh, ad that's going to help you. So hold on to him if you have roster space and just see how it shakes out. But right now, McCoy and Williams. If you have Williams, you got to play him. He got you a touchdown. He still gave you a good stat line. But McCoy, in just limited time with the team, showed that he still has it. He played great when he was called upon. So I think he, in this offense, especially playing a team like Jacksonville, they did well. I think you could start both of them. I'm not worried about that. Um, the real backbreakers receiver. Kelsey didn't score, but he had a pretty good game. Damian Williams still caught lots of passes. That's good, too. And there wasn't really anything else on the passing side. Uh, Hardman didn't do anything, obviously, either. But I do think he will be a big part of this offense in the future. And on the other side of the ball, Nick Foles. Oh, just as they finally had a quarterback in Jacksonville that can do something, he threw a touchdown and got crushed in the process. Um, and then that that was it. I think he's on the IR now. He's not going to be back for a while. Minshew played okay. Gardner, Minshew, and they just signed uh, Hobbs from um, Pittsburgh as well. Or, sorry, not Hobbs, Dobbs. Dobbs, they signed Dobbs from Pittsburgh. Uh, Minshew looked all right. He didn't look that bad, but it's still uh, very disheartening. Um, Fournette got through the game uninjured. I still think you should pick up Raquel Armstead. He's one of my top running back handcuffs because Fournette has big injury concerns, even though he looked a lot healthier. Um, he's a bit leaner, a bit lighter. He's moving faster. Um, he had some jukes too, catching passes. You see that screen pass he did? He did that little side juke. I didn't think Fournette could move like that. Um, they're going to have better games than this. This is bad. DJ Chark Jr., four catches for 146 and a touchdown. Uh, Chris Conley, 97 yards and a touchdown. These are good numbers, but I just don't like it. Even D.D. Westbrook got a touchdown. I don't know what to do with Jacksonville receivers. Uh, Minshew looked good. Uh, unfortunately, D.D. kind of went down. Chark could be – I'm not picking up Chark in any leagues because I don't even know who he is. I would want to see more from him, and I don't trust uh, Jacksonville's throwing game. But he could be a worth worthwhile pickup if you think. I think their defense is still solid. They're going to have to get back to the run. Um, Armstead's going to get more involved. Fournette's going to get uh, more carries. They were playing a team where they couldn't run the ball that much because they got out way ahead because that's just what Casey does, and then you have to throw against them because you can't run against Casey because you can't keep up with that. Um, but in the future, Fournette's still going to be a stud, and those receivers, just keep an eye on them. I don't know if Chark can continue that. Uh, the Tennessee Titans versus the Cleveland Browns, and the Cleveland Browns bandwagon is empty. Uh, There's so much hype for Cleveland in the offseason. Um, I wasn't on the hype. I wanted them to be a good team. I was still rooting for them, but I did not believe in the hype because – They've had hype last year and let down. Uh, Mayfield hasn't really done anything all that much, and people were drafting him as like the third overall quarterback coming off the board. And I didn't understand. Obviously, it's because he got Odell Beckham, but you still have to be a good enough quarterback to do that, and he hasn't shown it yet. Um, he gave Beckham lots of targets, so that is good, and they will be better. I'm not saying they were that. They're obviously bad. Titans are good defense, um, but yeah. It's Cleveland Browns hype. It's kind of like an oxymoron on itself. Every time people get excited about the Cleveland Browns, it never pans out. And it just showed us um, yesterday why. And then, like, even the way the game it went, like, it was 
disappointing. Nick Chubb was like one of my biggest breakouts of the year, and he still is. I think he's a true three-down back, and he's going to play like it. Freddie Kitchens was the um, running back coach who became the head coach, and he balled out at the end of last year when Kitchens took over, so I expected more of that. And he put up good numbers, did well. Uh, the real kick in the pants was that Dante Hilliard got the touchdown. Hilliard only had one carry for four yards and then got the team's only rushing touchdown. Oh, as a Chubb owner, that, that hurts me. Yep, that's a bad one. Um, but going forward, don't – this is part of what we say for week one. Don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. Chubb's still going to be solid. Um I think he's going to be able to take that three-down rule before Kareem Hunt gets back. He'll bounce back next game for sure. They're going to fix some things. Uh, Beckham got 11 targets, seven catches for 71 yards. Landry was his regular role. Um, took the shorter passes, four for 67. Higgins was solid. Then Joku got in the end zone, which is all you need from your tight end. Um, Nick Chubb did get three catches for 10 yards as well. So he had okay yardage stat lines, just that touchdown he really needed uh on the other side of the ball derrick henry this one i'm eating my own words i thought derrick henry was going to be a bust this year i was laughing how everyone was all in on him and it wasn't it was mostly because he's been a bust his whole career he was literally a bust his whole career and then he had a few uh, crazy excellent games at the end of last season and that was it and i'm like that is not enough for me to draft derrick henry in the third round um obviously proved me wrong yesterday he was solid although the game script was also for him um when the titans are up henry's the he's their guy because they're going to give him the ball they're going to salt away the game and then he's going to eventually make room for himself and that's exactly what happened he did take a screen pass that looked like it was so slow but he took it like 75 yards had another crazy crazy good game um obviously you start him uh delaney walker two touchdowns for a tight end oh my god He's 35 years old, I think, Delaney Walker. Just another solid game. Um, that being said, Marcus Mordiota had three touchdowns. I still don't like him. Um, I imagine when games are a negative game script for the Tennessee Titans that they're going to have to throw more. We're going to have to see more of what Mariota can do. And Henry will get played out. But I've been wrong about Henry so far. I'm saying that I hope I continue to be wrong about him because I want him to do well. But uh, he's been a bust up until the end of last season. Let's hope that keeps up and he keeps playing well um, and that they go to him even when they're down. L.A. Rams versus the Carolina Panthers. Christian McCaffrey is amazing. He was the only thing to really happen in Carolina. Cam Newton looked terrible. Everyone looked terrible. McCaffrey was the whole offense. He had 19 carries for 128 and two touchdowns. Uh, and he had 11 targets for 10 catches, 81 yards. Solid game. He gave you almost 40 points. He hurt me in like two leagues. Uh, DJ Moore also did well. Seven catches for 76 yards. He did not get in the end zone, but it was nice to see that. Curtis Samuel did nothing, unfortunately. Um... We're hoping to see more from Curtis Samuel. I think this offense will be better in the future. Um, Newton is kind of the option. I don't think I want to even start Newton yet. I'd rather stream the quarterback position than start Newton. Uh, but obviously, I don't need to talk about McCaffrey. You already know. He's like, I think he's probably the number two or three back uh, you drafted. 
He is bestood. Um, okay, but now we go to the Rams. A little bit of a different story in terms of running back. They have the stud in Todd Gurley, but uh, his backup, Malcolm Brown, is the one who gets all the touchdowns. So Gurley ended up giving you a good stat line in terms of yards. Um, they used him a lot in the second half when the game was on the line. That's good. But uh, Malcolm Brown got two rushing touchdowns, uh, 11 carries for 53 yards. Um, Gurley ran better. He got 14 carries for 97 yards. Um, and he got uh, just one catch for four yards. So that is depressing. If you are a girly owner, uh, if you are a girly owner, you obviously need to pick up Malcolm Brown. Everyone's been in on Daryl Henderson all offseason, Daryl Henderson Jr. as Gurley's top backup because they drafted him as the rookie because they, they spent a fourth-round pick on him, I think. Anyway, uh, but Malcolm Brown has always been the backup. He's the little guy. Uh, Henderson is worth having as well, but as of right now, Brown – is running well with the Rams, and he is the backup. If you have Gurley, you have to still play him. You can't trade him now because he's not going to be worth more much. Um, if you don't have Gurley and you can get him on the cheap, maybe you might be able to because whoever has Gurley is going to be upset, and they might just want to get rid of him. So, yeah, you're kind of stuck playing Gurley, and that sounds weird to say. He's obviously going to have better days, so I wouldn't panic too much. Uh, the Rams receivers, uh, their top guys were their top guys. Robert Woods is their PPR monster. 13 targets, 8 catches, 70 yards. Cooper Cup, 7 for 46. And Brandon Cooks, 6 for 2 catches and 39 yards. Now, this is exactly how the wide receiver corps is going to go for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. The only thing that makes it better is if they got touchdowns. Cooks is not going to get too many catches, but he's going to get that big catch that gives him touchdowns. Woods and Cup are going to be the volume guys. Uh, Woods being the main volume guy and Cup being that slot guy that um, Goff looks to in the end zone, which he normally does. Um, but they looked good. I'm not worried about them moving forward. All right, guys. And our last game to do our quick little fantasy recap stats review here is the Patriots versus the Steelers. Another one that uh, we did not expect to go this good. Um, the New England Patriots just embarrassed the Steelers. Uh, Steelers were still playing in the preseason, and Tom Brady looked like he was playing in the Super Bowl for the 50th time again. Uh, this team looks better than ever right now. They look better than they did last year, and now they're getting Antonio Brown. Oh, man, I don't even know what to do with this. Like, I feel bad for the Raiders, man. This sucks. It really sucks because they had this guy and he literally, like, you can't blame the Raiders. They did everything. He just didn't want to play there. Um, last year, I had a theory um, at the beginning of the offseason, actually, when all this Antonio Brown drama was starting, is that, like, I don't know if you remember last year, one of those reporters said um, Brown is only the top receiver because of Ben Roethlisberger and he said trade me and we'll find out well they traded him and then he went to the Raiders who is a has a very bad offense at least they did last year they had a terrible terrible offense and I think he saw they're like oh shit everyone's gonna find out that I cannot play with a bad quarterback so he came up with all this helmet this foot stuff everything because he did not want to be exposed by a bad no I'm not saying he's not a great receiver obviously he's a great receiver but uh 
he wasn't going to look like one with Derek Carr throwing him the ball. If you remember what happened with Amari Cooper, who's not obviously on Antonio Brown's level, but Amari Cooper uh, was definitely their number one receiver, and they did not use him that way. He would just run a route. He'd be the first read oftentimes. They'd just make him run a basic route. He'd be covered, and then Carr would dump it off to the tight end or the running back, and that was literally Oakland's entire offense all last year. And I was worried, even if Brown was going to play that, that's how it was going to be with him. I didn't know if they were going to use him. Like, Brown can do everything, but you have to make plays for him. Um, And I didn't think that they were going to do that. Uh, I think now that he goes to New England, they're going to do that. They're going to use him. He can do everything. I didn't think he was going to do much in New England, but the more I thought of it, he's an all-around great wide receiver. He can run every route. He can do the short, do the long, middle, everything. Um, He's obviously not going to get the targets that he got in Pittsburgh and in Oakland. Uh, so he's going to get less targets, but I think the fantasy points are still going to be there because with less targets, we saw we saw what Tom Brady can do last night, and he is going to be able to do that with Antonio Brown. Yeah, so I, I don't like Antonio Brown as a person right now, and I feel bad for the Raiders organization because they gave up players to get him, and they literally got nothing for him. All they got was a headache and distraction. And basically, he was being kind of a jerk. I don't want to swear on this, but uh, he's being a real piece of work. And he's getting rewarded for it now. Now he's getting more money, and he's going to the team that's, let's be honest, they're probably going to win the Super Bowl again. They already looked amazing. Now, the only negative I could see is if he keeps the attitude up and he ends up being a stick of dynamite in the dressing room. Cause right now you can see that Patriots are clicking. They're working great. Um, and then he could come in there and then just like screw up the whole chemistry, start demanding targets, um, being a big distraction and it can actually take him off the wheels. But if there's one team that he couldn't do that for, it would be the Pats. So expect him to ball out, but don't expect him to ball out right away. Give him up until about week six, Apparently, he might even move in with Tom Brady and be best friends. I think that's the same stuff he did with Gordon to get him up to speed. Um, Yeah, so that's too bad. Uh, We'll actually go to the game. Um, So what does this do for uh, receivers? Like all the major receivers on uh, the Patriots, pretty much eight last night. Torset got two touchdowns. Those were great plays. Edelman did his underneath PPR thing, six catches for 83 yards. And Gordon made few big plays and got a touchdown 73 yards and a touchdown um so these guys are all going to take a little bit of a hit i think who this benefits the most in terms of fantasy is tom brady if you have him he might be an every week starter now uh people were think this is going to be a running team and i still think it's going to be a running team but uh they have so many weapons now and they obviously know how to use them so yeah just if you have tom brady I think that's you're the happiest. Um, one thing that sucked was they had the running back by committee. Uh, Michelle got a lot of the carries, didn't do much with them. Burkhead looked great when he got the carries. James White got carries and got catches. Um, if you have Michelle White, you're going to play him. I just don't feel comfortable playing Burkhead just yet, um, but you have to temper expectations. You're not getting that three down back that you want. Uh, they said Michelle was going to get more passes. Uh, <laughs> well, we didn't see it. He got zero targets yesterday. James White got seven targets, uh, five catches for 56 yards. So they pretty much picked up exactly where they were last year. But Michelle's still a great runner. He will get in the end zone. 
just yesterday they did not need him to at all. Uh, other side of the ball, we're gonna we're gonna call this a mulligan for Pittsburgh. I think they're still gonna have an offense. Rossberger didn't do anything. Connor didn't really give you much. Smith Schuster gave you okay yards. James Washington was the number two, only gave you 50 yards. Connor gave you 44 yards in the air. Vance McDonald didn't do anything. We're we're just we're wiping the slate clean, guys. We're not worrying about Pittsburgh right now. Uh, all those guys, you're gonna start Connor and you're gonna start Smith Schuster. Um, and if you don't have a tight end, I would still feel okay uh, with Vance McDonald. Uh, Switzer got six targets for some reason. I don't know about that. Hold on to James Washington if you're in a deep league. And this is what we're saying. Don't panic, guys. Don't panic at all. Remember what I said? Isaiah Crowell was the number rack, number four running back uh, week one last year. And we all remember he was nowhere near that by the end. All right, guys, um, that is my uh, breakdown of all the Sunday games and the Thursday games. I'm currently recording this during the Monday night game. Um, so those are all my waiver guys. I kind of went through them, the whole thing. If uh, if you liked it, I hope you continue to tune in. Uh, we are going to be doing this live on Mondays and Fridays on Mixer on my Mixer channel. Um, you can be part of the conversation. Friday is going to be starts and sits. So if you want any questions about starts and sits, you can get at me on Instagram or come to the Mixer channel on Friday around the same time, around, uh, we're going to say noonish for now, but that could change. Um, if you want to know the exact start time, follow me on Instagram at beakers underscore comedy on Instagram. That's B-E-A-K-E-R-S underscore comedy. And I'll give you the official start time. You can ask DM me your questions there, and we will talk about it live with chat on my Mixer.com channel. The link will be in the bio there too. So follow on Instagram, and you'll get all that. And we will uh, do it again. Sorry, this was a lot for the first episode, first podcast, everything. But there's a lot of games. Um, I'm by myself right now, we're going to get some guest speakers in here as well. And uh, we'll go from there. Thanks for anyone who took the time to listen. I appreciate it.